0: Hey guys, welcome to the Bandemic Podcast brought to you by Kinsman. I am your host, Ray Bada. And tonight on the show, we have Mr. Connor Church, an amazing musician from the Coastal Band that's now making his living as a working musician in Austin, Texas. Tonight on the show, we're going to be talking about the road, what it's like to be in school and on the road at the same time, and some great tips for drummers out there. Stick around, it's going to be a great show. Connor, what's up, man?
1: How's it going, man?
0: It it's is going well. You. Yeah, dude, good to see you too. You look good, man. You look fit.
1: <laughs> Man, I guess that's a good thing Being stuck at home for <laughs> however long, right? Oh yeah,
0: like mo- some people get big And some people get fit So it looks like you're getting fit So congrats on that
1: <laughs> I appreciate
0: it, it. Matt, well thanks so much for doing the show um, We'd like to start off just with a little bit of history So can you tell us a little bit about How you got your starting drums Maybe, you know, some some of your history Why don't we start there?
1: Well, you know, um it's interesting. I didn't really come from a musical family per se, you know, but my dad, he played, he played drums, you know, we're all music lovers, but in terms of performing artists or performing musicians, I wouldn't say that's my background at least. But, you know, I remember just like early on, you know, as a kid jumping on the trampoline and just hearing my dad play some, Aerosmith on the drums or something you know and so I was like you know I've always had a I heard that and I always had a little bit of an interest Yeah. and then it's just you know it didn't really kind of didn't really grab me though until maybe middle school you know doing concert band doing snare drum percussion stuff like that Mm -hmm. and you know just trying to put all that together into one thing as a drum set you know it's just it was just a fun thing to do, you know, growing up, I guess. But that's like the somewhat very beginning, I guess.
0: So when, when did you decide to go to music school? Was that like a high school thing that you were inspired by? Maybe one of your, one of your, uh, you know, people growing up or one of the artists that, that kind of really just, you're like, okay, I'm going to go and do this in college now.
1: Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think a mutual friend of ours, uh, John Liao, um mm. you know he he's really kind of like he he just kind of grabbed me like in you know in high school just to like and grab like grab, grab my attention towards really pursuing music he just showed me a new world of like what it's all about because i just i just grew up when I, when I first started playing when i was 12 in middle school and stuff. I was just playing like Metallica. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, people always like to hate on Lars Ulrich and <laughs> hate probably for a good reason, but I'm still a, I still love the guy, you know, grew, first, first favorite drummer. It's maybe just one of those things, Yeah, but you know, he, you know, John, uh, he just, he just showed me that it's not just one thing. You know, you don't have to put yourself in a box and, kind of like being able to explore all these different types of music and just what can be done. You know, I guess that's when, once I realized there's more to it than just playing metal or whatever, I wanted to be able to be as musical as possible. And so I guess the best route for that is going to where the professionals that are doing that kind of stuff would teach. Yeah. Right. You yeah. Know? So, I just, so yeah, um, that's kind of where at least I started having the interest for it. Um, because yeah, so like, you know, Metallica was like, you know, who I listened to, but once I heard a drummer named Todd Zuckerman, he plays with sticks, but you know, I first heard him play, um, you know, just a solo thing and it just blew my mind, just kind of musicality that was behind it. Just the technique, the the ease of playing. It's just, I was like, wow. You know, so I want, I wanted to do that. I wanted to be able to be like that. Still working on it. Definitely not there yet, but you know, every day at a time. So, yeah.
0: So, so you made your way through high school, and so what did college look like?
1: So, I kind of I wanted to originally pursue Berkeley College of Music. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I I went to a program there when I was fifteen. I went, I did two years as a summer program for, I think, a week. Um, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a summer program for two years, I guess, one week through, uh, each, and, you know, it just really got it's all these drummers, uh, the teachers there, just, I just, it just really opened my mind to, like, different approaches and stuff like that. And, you know, I really just, I loved just kind of being in Boston and being around all those people, yeah. you know, and so I just thought, well, this would be a great place to go, but it's kind of expensive, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. So you know, I, I, I believe I was doing some uh, percussions ensembles with like the Del Mar uh, with Anum Corpus, okay. CC, and the, you know the Del Mar would be a part of it too. And you know, Dr. Uh, Neil Sissahoot and uh, Dr. Abel Ramirez, they would give me calls by the time I was trying to get to. Uh, you know about to graduate high school and they said we well, you know we'd love to have you at Del Mar to try to kind of groom you for these bigger schools that way you don't go in kind of green yeah you know just it'll be maybe a little bit ahead of the curve a little bit so then they just let me yeah I went to Del Mar for two years you know for for free so nice. it was yeah so it was nice uh, I really enjoyed my time there so I went to Del Mar for two years and then You know, after that, I went to UNT, um, and that was definitely a crazy experience as well. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I'm skipping a lot of, like, in-between things, but there was a lot of kind of reasons or just, you know, UNT wasn't necessarily the plan, but, you know, I still wanted to go to Berkeley, but it's just, things kind of just changed, you know, mindset's kind of changed, and... You know, I met different people that all were saying, hey, you should you should go study with Ed Sof you know, at the University of North Texas. And I just kept hearing Ed Sof and UNT and stuff like that. <laughs> and I was like, well, shoot, let me go look into this. And so that's what I ended up doing. I went to a camp for a week there also, uh, I think when I was 18. Or wait, was I 18? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe 20. Something like that. <laughs> I, think, I think it was before I was I was in Del Mar, I think. Okay. And then I went, I did that just to get an idea. And I was like, yeah, I really want to go here. And just, because I just felt like jazz would be a way to just really help music, uh, musicality and his expression and just a lot of stuff. And that that could be trends, uh, you know, that can be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <sighs> Expressed in other types of music, you yeah. know, in yeah. a way. So.
0: Nice. So you've been exposed to massive musicians since a really young age. Uh, what do you think that, do you think that that uh, helped you? How, how did that help you being exposed to just the world once a, at Berkeley and then some monsters at UNT? What did that, what did that prepare you for?
1: Oh man, it just, it's pretty hearing that you know honestly it kind of blows my mind sometimes you know the way you say (laughs) it it really is it is really being exposed to the world I mean those are like two crazy big hubs and it's just it's hard to explain you know because it's I guess you know being in Corpus right um, my whole life you I I don't know how to really say this either but it's like you kind of, you have a view of yourself, maybe, you know, in your town, and you go to another place, and then you're just kind of nothing, not exactly <laughs> necessarily, not necessarily nothing, but you're just, you're really, you got to build yourself back up, Yeah, and you know, so many people in Corpus, or you have all these friends, musicians, and you just feel like, oh, you know, I got something going on, and then you move away, and it's like, oh, okay, I got to. I got to start doing this again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We've been speaking about that a lot on the pod with different uh, people because, you know, Corpus is a relatively small town. The coastal band is a relatively small area. But one thing that we've been exposing people to is just how many monsters there are around here, because there's sometimes not really anything to do. So you just play and play and play, you know what I mean? So it's interesting that you mentioned that too, is that, you know, uh, being from a small town and then going out and being exposed, it really gives you a different worldview of just yeah. <laughs> of just things to come. So let's let's stick with that. And can you tell us a little bit about influences uh, as far as drummers, as far as like musical genres that have really just like done the same thing, just blown your mind, opened your mind, and want and inspired you to pursue that?
1: Right. So yeah, I mentioned early, briefly earlier. You know, Todd Zuckerman uh is my all-time favorite drummer he there's a video that i saw it's on his dvds methods and mechanics um one but it's just it's, just, it's just it's not his song um but he you know he played along to it. i think it was arranged for him or something and you know it just it was like an, an odd time you know just something i've never heard before kind of i wouldn't necessarily maybe fusion like okay. you know but that might that might come across as more intense than it is, you know. (laughs) But it was just, there was just so much life in this song. And it just, like, was, it was just, like, it was just breathing. There was something about it that it was just, you know, it was just, like, it just took on a whole new, you know, music just completely changed for me once I heard this. But... So yeah, so hearing that, you know, and he went to Berkeley, I think for a year, okay. not too long. I don't think I don't think he was even, you know, I don't think he was like, you know, a college normal college kid age either. I mean, it's just like <laughs> he just kind of went, you know, like which is awesome, but it's just, you know, so I, I knew he went there, and I thought, you know, this would be a place where I could try. That's why I went to Berkeley for that those two weeks over two years. And I mean, I can see why it's a revered, I mean, yeah, highly praised school, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just the teachers there are really top notch. Obviously the musicians that come out of it, I mean, it kind of speaks for itself, but um, you know, and then I guess it's just after hearing stuff like that, seeing the approaches, kind of understanding the drummers that influenced him People like Tony Williams, um, you know, with jazz roots, you know, that's where UNT really would help me at least kind of be more of an answer for me to go towards because of such a huge jazz school, you know, I it's the oldest jazz program ever. So and, uh, you know, so that's obviously a great place to go to try to get better at that stuff. Yeah. But the kind of funny thing is, is like, I was always, I think growing up in a middle school band and stuff like that, I never, I I just learned how to read music, you know, through band. When I went to high school, I was in jazz band, and I just read the music, you know, the charts. And it just, you know, I just didn't even think, like I was playing like jazz, right? Yeah. Excuse me. And, And... uh, I didn't even realize it was, like, a thing, if that makes any <laughs> sense. Like I was, like, I was just playing a thing. I was just playing music. I didn't realize jazz though had a history. Okay. Even whenever I was just starting to play in high school, it was just, okay, play the ride symbol like this and do this and make it through the song as if you're playing an all-state ensemble or whatever, you know? <laughs> but... So that was just, that's just kind of interesting to me because def- my parents didn't, you know, listen to jazz and stuff growing up. It was always just rock and roll.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, my whole yeah. life sort of thing. And so it was just, when I went to UNT, it was just such a, sh- like, such a shock sort of. Because, like, I mean, obviously by then, I knew that jazz wasn't just a thing you played in high school bands, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah or whatever, but it was just, it was just crazy because I mean, you have a lot of catching up to do a lot of learning that needs to be done and just a whole new world to explore and musically, you know?
0: So, yeah. Yeah. that's, that's cool. So what would you describe if, if somebody had never heard jazz before and asked you, Hey man, what's it like to be a jazz drummer? What is, what is a jazz drummer? What do you bring to the table as a jazz drummer or what have you learned to bring to the table?
1: Right. I think for me, it's a big thing about listening. You learn a lot about listening to other musicians. You know, it's not just, you know, you learn a song on the radio and then you play it with your band, you know, exactly how the drummer played it on the record. And that's that, you know, with jazz, it's, yeah, you listen to the records that people played back in the day. And, but there's just some, there's expression, you know, there's musicality, there's freedom. There is still structure of course, but, you know, it's you. You know, and it, it, that obviously that's that's not that might come out wrong because that's in every type of music. You know, <laughs> the original person that recorded this rock song or whatever, that's them playing. But you can really, you know, you hear all like these jazz drummers play. You just hear like what the who they are and like they're playing stuff like that. But so I mean, I would think as a jazz drummer, you just really get to ex- learn expression, musicality feel all, all that stuff is at a higher level i think than just maybe playing his rock and roll or something
0: nice so yeah. who, who are your favorite drummers
1: today well, of course todd sickerman yeah my favorite, yeah <laughs> but i uh you know i really admire benny greb you know um he's a he um man uh, we might have to cut, cut this part, actually. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah, Bendy Grubb, Todd Zuckerman, and, uh, you know, at least guys from, you know, then, you know, of course I like Tony Williams. You know, I like him with the Miles Davis Quartet, stuff like that. It's just, you know, the stuff he was doing at his age at the time, which I believe was 17, Whoa! is just... I mean, yeah, exactly. It speaks (laughs) for itself. It's just, you know, people, you know, there's, there's rock and roll was a big thing at that time, too. But it's like, it's just uh, the things that Tony Williams was doing was just so extraordinary. And, you know, you hear like the early, early time, early days of rock and roll, you know, just basic kind of two and four stuff. Most of the time, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not too terribly complicated you know a lot of people look up to those kind of drummers which they should it's fine but you know there's like things that are happening at the same time that people today are still figuring it out
0: yeah nice crazy so what's your favorite memory from from that because obviously you're at a different point in your life right now being a professional musician But as a student, what was one of your favorite memories as a student, either at Berkeley or UNT uh, or even in high school? What was what was one of your favorite things that really just I want to do this?
1: Yeah, Um, man, I think that's a tough question, sort of, because really that whole experience in in high school with John was just that's really that's the part where I was like, okay. like the world, it's like the heavens just parted, you know, once I saw uh, Todd Zuckerman play that song, it was just like, what the heck's happening? You know, I really want to go this route and I want to be able to express myself on the drums as well as he can. Um, but man, I mean, there's just, I mean, there's always good experiences, especially, you know, at UNT there was, there's just all the people I got to play with, you know, it's just all these young musicians, my age, you know, and younger, there's just, they're incredible. At, and it's just so, it was so great just to be, able to be in an environment like that and be able to just play with whoever I wanted to in that school, you know, and you don't have to worry about, you know, paying anybody. <laughs> like you know, it was just, Hey man, you want to jam? And so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be right there kind of thing. And we just, and everyone would play or whatever. Um, but, I mean, I have a lot of great things from, you know, both UNT and Del Mar, you know, Del Mar, you know, being a community college, I get, you know, it's still really, I feel like I was introduced to so many things there in terms of being in the wind ensemble or the percussion ensemble, Brazilian ensembles, you know, uh, whatever, you know, all these jazz bands, stuff like that it just there was so much opportunities to do and there were at UNT as well but you're kind of put more into a box at mm. the bigger schools I feel like you kind of had to focus on what you're studying or whatever and yeah you could audition for these things but it might get overwhelming yeah and at Del Mar there's still you know there's still work to be done but it's just not as big of a There's not as much uh, maybe competition, I guess. So you can kind of uh, get to experience all these things. So I think Del Mar really was a good thing for me for that.
0: Yeah. And there are some heavy hitters at Del Mar. You were talking about uh, Dr. Abel uh, Ramirez, that guy, a monster, monster conductor. So definitely some heavy hitters, even though it's a a community college. Oh,
1: yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, I'm super, I treasure my time there
0: yeah for sure you know nice well, yeah. so now that you let's now that we've we've covered that moving on to your professional career as a a traveling musician that's played with with quite a few people uh what does that how does that compare and contrast to your time in school? Can you give us a little insight into that
1: yeah, you know with it's pretty tough, you know, a lot of, you know, I've talked to my professors, you know, when I was at UNT, like, hey, I got a gig this weekend, or is it okay if I, you know, I'm going on like a a weekend run sort of thing, is it okay if I maybe miss this rehearsal because I got to get on the road or something, you know, and they would, it's just, it's not really a uh, thing you should be You that they're proud of. I mean, they're they're (laughs) proud of their musicians that come out of the school that do great things. But you know, you want they, you you should be at the school. You know, when you're there, so it's tough doing both. Um, I mean, unless it's in the same town, and like so for me, it just really never was. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It was always, you know, I primarily played all over Texas. and so it's just every gig was always let's go to Nacogdoches or uh, you know San Marcos or if it was Dallas, great because that's only an hour from the school.
0: Yeah.
1: But or you know we're back to Corpus, even though I'm in Dallas now. And then we'll <laughs> moved back to Corpus for a bit. Okay, now I'm playing with a band locally. Okay, let's play a gig in Dallas now. It's like oh my gosh, like I can never just be in a place where it's just <laughs> in one town, you know? Yeah. So that was that was the main challenge with school and, and, and music and, play, and performing, you know, it was just, I mean, I was making money and doing stuff, but you know, I, I think if I could do it again, it's hard to I me, mean, it's hard to say, I'm glad for the opportunities I had, but I would, I definitely would recommend just focusing on school when you're there and gig later, maybe. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a, it's a weird thing, but I, I think I would encourage sticking with school, schooling and taking your time and really focusing and dedicating all your time to practicing while you can.
0: Yeah. So yeah, a lot of the guys that we talked to have been like, okay, so you practiced during this time and now it's time to just put the rubber to the road. What's that like in a professional setting? Is it just like, go, go, go? Like how how much time do you usually have to learn music?
1: Right. If you're lucky, you know, you get a couple weeks. You know. But I played with this Texas artist named Sarah Hobbs. And the first time I ever played with her, I think I got the music the day of the gig, like three hours worth. And so I just, I mean, it was maybe seven hours till a gig. So I think I spent five to six hours. I played the whole set twice with the six hours to learn it all. <laughs> And I played it once just to kind of get a feel for it and play it again just to see if I really got it, you know? (laughs) And I just did the gig with some muscle memory, hopefully. I mean, sometimes, you know, you don't even get music. You just show up and you play a three-hour gig, four (laughs) hours maybe, and you're just, wow, I don't know a single song, you know? (laughs) And that's where I think, of course, a lot of listening to music helps with that. I mean, I'm not gonna. I think, and I mean, but but schooling in a way too. If you you know, learning how to listen to other musicians, how to play along with them, you can kind of make it through. All these things in a way. So you know, you should listen. You should definitely know the songs that are happening for specific reasons. But you know, if if someone played a song from right now, I could probably just play along to it without ever hearing it before. It still happens, you know, now. Yeah so
0: so do you chart stuff out when you when you when it's crunch time like that or is it just like i'm just going for it
1: (laughs) i usually i'm just going for it and i know (laughs) charting is a it's something i've done and it's just not i don't know i just i like to play these gigs i like to be in involved in the gig at the time and there's nothing wrong with charting it out but there's a whole thing where you're playing maybe you're reading the chart on the floor or somewhere else you know I just I'd rather just be there with the musicians you know in yeah. that moment but I mean I guess they'd probably appreciate it too if I'm not screwing up if I got a charge who cares you know but uh I think but for the most part I just listen to the songs you know and then just play them nice but, yeah
0: so if you could play a gig with any group in the world right now who would you pick
1: Definitely, I mean, for me, Zach Brown band. Nice. You know, okay. I just, it's just such an awesome band, you know. Uh, it was probably my first introduction to like country music or anything was like the Zach Brown band. I mean, I guess I guess they're country music, you know? They yeah. got a lot of kind of islandy vibes, and now they're doing real electronic kind of pop stuff. But I mean, it's just a such a versatile band. And it'd just be so much fun. And there's so many musicians and they're all super incredible. Yeah. I mean, it just it would be a fun time. I mean, I know all, almost all their songs. I just, I'm just a big fan of that. I'm always listening to it, go to a gig or whatever. I'll put, you know, an album on of theirs and just, if I just want to relax and listen to something I'm familiar with, that's always a go-to for me. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty familiar. Maybe I could sit in, but, you know, Chris Fryer is the drummer. And I mean, that guy is just an absolute monster, you know? <laughs> A no. modern day, you know, just rock legend in a way.
0: Nice. So, uh, what what is your pre pre game ritual? Do you have a pre game ritual, or?
1: <sighs> uh, well, you know, I think it just it depends. Like you know, with the Jake Ward band who I'm playing with now, a, a tour with. Um, not so much nowadays, but you know, back when things were still normalish. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, Uh, you know, we had our little things, you know, we'd we'd huddle up in a, you know, we just huddle up and try to psych ourselves up, you know, doing the whole, like, kind of like a football team sort of thing. It's, you know, it's silly, but sometimes that's just what we do with that, you know, with all the guys, we do stuff like that. But for myself, yeah, I think it's just, you know, we, it's just kind of like I guess I, I just try to just mentally prepare for what's about to happen. You know, yeah. I think about just the energy that's about to be released on stage, you know, just the hopefully joy we're gonna bring to people with our music, sort mm-hmm. of just enjoyment. You know, there's just so much things that happen on stage that it's just such an experience that I just can never get enough of. Nice. And so just trying to think of all that beforehand is what try to it helps me get psyched up. And I could, I could just wake up you know, or I could be getting ready to go to sleep or something. It's so tired, but playing a show
0: will just bring me back to 100%. You know, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. So some of our, our usual listeners are quite interested in what you've been playing lately. Like what set have you been playing? Do you have like a, a go-to or do you have a go-to set of cymbals? What are you doing right now as far as gear is concerned?
1: Right. So right now... There's been a lot of things, you know, with exploration, I think, you know, I just recently got the Zildjian low volume cymbals with the Remo uh, silent stroke heads, just because, you know, I recently moved, well, it's been a few months now, but you know, I don't want to piss off the neighbors, you know, <laughs> and the rooms, these the, the houses I'm in or this, this neighborhood, there's all one of those like kind of communities, right? You yeah. know, all the houses are just, they're just built and there you go. You know, no, not a whole lot of isolation. And so I don't want to be too loud. And so I, I'm just trying to keep that in mind. And so I have a lot of low volume stuff, you know, I, I put all the heads on my, uh, I play with Gretsch drums.
0: Nice.
1: I have a bunch of different models, you know, but it's, i'm just using a basic catalina like club kit nice. just to just something to practice with you know it's nothing i'm going to take on the road Nothing i'm going to take to a show i could if i wanted but i just you know i'm just gonna leave it here you know i got plenty of other kits but i have in my cases there's a gretch uh brooklyn okay drum set and you know oof, excuse me again i uh you know, I can't go wrong with Gretsch drums, really.
0: Yeah. For me. What are your favorite sizes for toms?
1: You know the, I think I'm, I use right with the broad. I mean the uh, Brooklyn kit. It's a 24 inch bass drum, a uh, 13 inch rack tom, and a 16 inch floor tom. Nice. They're pretty big drums. I'm still getting used to them. You know, I'm a big guy. <laughs> so kind of want some bigger drums. Man, you know, I really. I think, honestly, my favorite stuff might be a 20-inch bass drum with, you know, just maybe maybe a 12-inch rack tom, 14-inch, pretty basic, 14-inch floor tom, pretty basic setup. You know, I just really, I mean, you just get so many uh, tones out of stuff like that, depending on how you, with heads you use and how you tune them. Yeah. But, I mean, of course, you can do the same thing with anything. But, you know... I think those are my favorite, at least dimensions wise. Nice.
0: Yeah. You've been a Zildjian guy for a while and I've seen you with Zildjian, with Zildjian symbols and you have this crazy ride that I absolutely love. (laughs) And you have to remind me what it is.
1: Yeah. It's the, uh, it's the K Constantinople. I believe a medium, thin, low 22 inch, maybe 21. Gosh, I know it's, I'm going to hit myself later, but it's just, <laughs> it's the other one, one or the other, but it's definitely one of those, you yeah. know, 21 or 22. Can't recall correctly right now. Um, but man, yeah, that symbol, you know, that was, uh, recommended by one of my teachers, uh, Joel Foljam. He's a, he's, he was a, he's a teacher in a, in a, a, I think in the university of Houston. Okay. He was adjunct, but, um, but yeah, you know, he recommended this symbol, so I bought it as soon he told me about it, and it's never let me down. You know, it's just for it was mainly for jazz stuff. I use it all the time at school and for jazz gigs. But it's just, I mean, it just works with everything. Yeah. And I think Keith Carlock uses Constantinople's for a lot of his stuff. Um, but but yeah, I love that symbol. So. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. it's it you hit it and instantaneously. Five guys that know what they're doing are like. <laughs> it's just like it's such a specific sound. So, what else are you use in your as symbols? Do you like uh, two crashes and a ride and a chi- what? Well, what's your symbol setup look like?
1: Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I got of course I got the ride symbol. You know, I use the K Constantinople. You know, depending on the situation, um, and yeah, you know, pretty. It's I got. I usually use a pretty basic. Kind of jazz, well, maybe not jazz, but just a pretty basic setup. You got the crash on your left side, another one on your right. I kind of like having a second one on my left, okay, yeah. almost, almost, uh, you know, parallel with me or whatever. But it's just, um, just to have a little more movement around, I guess, just to feel a little more. Uh, rock and rollish, maybe yeah. I don't know. Just, but you know, having the more symbols just creates more sounds. You know, it gives you more things you can do musically. But yeah, I think that's my kind of go-to thing right now is having probably three crashes and a ride. And if I could, I mean, if I could have another one, I'd probably just have a really, a really big crash ride or nice. something. You know, nice. but but yeah
0: are you pretty specific with your sticks that you use or does it vary from gig to gig?
1: Um, it does vary. Okay. Um, okay.
0: Why is that? I'm, I'm not a drummer. So I got to ask why, why is that?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, why? Well, cause there's different tapers, different beads, different rebounds and responses. I use big for the drumsticks. Um, and you know, with jazz, I mean with rock and roll stuff or Country blues, whatever. I usually, um, I usually use a Vic for five a. Okay. Just because yeah. it's, it's solid. You know, I get enough response. And I get a, enough rebound and response. Uh, yeah, enough response uh, from those sticks. It's it's versatile enough for that. But for jazz, I need a little more touch. Okay. Okay. Need, like, uh, my professor. My uh, professor at UNT. I studied with Ed So first, but then he retired. And then I studied with Quincy Davis, another incredible musician, incredible drummer. And he, you know, we talked about, I think one of my last lessons, I was like, you know, I really, you know, drumsticks are so expensive. I just really, you know, <laughs> afford, how do people learn all this stuff? I mean, with drums in general, I mean, how do I, it's just interesting how, they, how people can just find all these sounds because it's just, cymbals are 200 plus dollars. Yeah. You know, the, drums can be obviously ridiculously expensive, um, there's just so much to try, so I was talking to my uh, professor Davis, and he, um, you know, he he's sponsored by Vic First We had a bunch of drumsticks, and he's like, "Here, just try all these out," which was awesome. And I just I decided I really liked the Peter Erskine. Get uh, yeah, right here, big band stick. Peter Erskine, big band stick. Go got a, it's got a thin taper at the end and the beads long and narrow it just gets so much bounce out of a ride symbol it just feels so good and yeah. it's, and it's thick enough it's it's i think it might might be a little thicker than a 5a uh, which uh you know for me i like i'm a big guy you know long arms <laughs> you know stuff like that it's just uh you know, I, I get the reach but not that I really necessarily need it, but I just I have that have. I, just, there's just so many off op- or, yeah, there's just so much uh, I can do with these drumsticks.
0: Yeah, can't go wrong, Peter Erskine That guy's a oh, yeah. that guy's crazy great. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah. yeah, so you're talking about you're talking about how the way things interact. So how long did it take you to find the right match of symbols that interacted with each other and interacted with your drums and you? How long? Uh, uh, a beginning drummer, how how long would you say would take a beginning drummer to get to the point to where you are where it's like, no, this works. It's cohesive.
1: Right. Man, uh, it's a never-ending journey, truthfully. <laughs> I mean, nice. Truthfully. I mean, but, you know, I, I, I mean, when I first started, I was getting those Zildjian, you know, cymbal packs, yeah. you know, where it's like the A-custom 14-inch hi hats to 16, 18-inch crashes and 20-inch ride or whatever, and you know you could. That was like, oh my god, I, I'm I'm a pro now. Once I bought <laughs> the first, I first had the like ZHTs. Yeah. You know, it's like next step up, a custom, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and then so it's like, oh wow, like, I'm really. And it's just funny, you know, when you get into a new piece of gear, I feel like it just really makes you feel like. You just took a step in this new direction. You know, I don't know if it is like that for you or whatever, but just always like, oh, I can't wait to play on this thing. And you, you're like just already better as a musician <laughs> in a way. I don't know. That's nice. how it kind of felt with me, especially back in the day. Um, so when you're starting now, you got to get what you can afford, of course, right? Yeah. And you just got to feel it out. Um, and then eventually you know you just listen to records, you listen to drummers you like you see what symbols are playing. you think, wow, I really like that symbol right there. What symbol is that? Okay, it's this one. Where can I get it? you know blah 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 and then you do that. And I think that's just kind of the that's kind of the the, the, the process yeah. of collecting it's, and I mean, you know Professor Davis, you know he had, and even Ed Sof, you know, they just, you know, in their office, it was just like hundreds of symbols. <laughs> I mean, it's like on the ground against the wall, you know. And like they're just like, okay, I'm gonna try this one, pick this one out, you know. And it's just they have symbols for every occasion. Yeah. Eventually, I'll be there, you know, one day. Oh <laughs> well, yeah. But it's just, uh, you know, cost money to get there, of course, and you know, or, or endorsements, whatever, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But, um but yeah, it's a process, you know, you just, you hear what works, you're trying to find something that just blends well with the other symbols. Um And for me, my, one of probably my new favorite symbol is just my EF, uh, EFX crash. Okay. Um And it, or I think, yeah, I think it's a K and it's just, you know, Zildjian. Yeah. I, it pretty much is all Zildjian stuff. You know, I've tried other symbols, you know, when i played i played at church Unlimited for a long time and you know and they we i was lucky with them to where i got to experiment, experiment with a lot of different types of symbols cuz different satellite campuses had sabian symbols mm. or and or minor symbols like the broadcast campus i think they when i was still playing there there was there were really a lot of uh minor symbols okay and you know i just for me, Zildjian just kind of really stuck out for me, at least. Like it just, it just gave me the sounds that I wanted. Yeah. But I'm probably never gonna get sponsored by Meinl now if this ever. <laughs> <they see> it <laughs> if it ever happens to work, but if I change my mind, I'll have to, make, <laughs> I'll, I'll have to cut this out later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we ask everybody. We have to ask everybody. The house is on fire. Everybody's safe. All the pets are safe. What's the one piece of gear that you're you're going in for, and you you're taking out for sure.
1: <laughs> my custom stick bag that my lovely girlfriend made for me. Nice, unless you know, well, she made for me, but she got made for me. Nice. I, mean, I cannot leave that thing. You know. Yeah, this yeah, just yeah. Too special for me. You know. I know it's just it's a stick bag. Let the cymbals burn. Let the drums burn. But I'll keep the stick bag. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome that's awesome well a few people knew that you're headed in so they they had one question and we have this segment called what's in the box and we usually stick some interesting stuff in there and then we talk about it but when people heard that we were going to have a drummer on the show they had this one burning question and and it's what's in the box and uh drum keys (laughs) <laughs> okay. and the drummers wanted to know how do you keep from losing these things because I'm pretty oh. sure these are both yours and I just ended up with <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, how do you hold on <laughs>
1: Yeah, how do yeah. you
0: hold on to these things Where are your tricks for holding on to the drum keys yeah
1: you know like I said the Stet stick bag I have has a perfect spot for drum keys nice. so I just throw them in there and I don't have to worry about them but man I used to put them on my keychain, right? Yeah. But I just hate walking around with a bulky drum key stabbing in <laughs> my leg, you know. So.
0: That can be painful if you sit on that in the wrong <laughs> way.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I just, I just, I know, man. I've lost so many drum keys. This is not even funny. But I just, I try to put them in places where I know, okay, well, where when would I need a drum key? So okay, I'm gonna, you know, I'm tuning my drums or something. So put them in a drum case maybe yeah. or something just so it's in there or, you know, put it in your stick bag, put it in your cymbal bag, just put them everywhere. <laughs> put them in your car, put them in your glove compartment, in your center console. I have, I have all over the place. Nice. You know? So it's just, just that way. Okay. If I ever forget, I got one here.
0: That's a really good tip for guitar players too. put picks everywhere. Cause <laughs> the bottom of the ocean is lined with two things, picks and drum keys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. man. dude, that's good. I hate I hate to get dark, but I got to ask you, uh, what's what's been life like as a musician since the pandemic hit?
1: Man, definitely not great. Uh, I mean, it's just it sucks not being able to play, you yeah. know, anymore as much. I mean, luckily, I and mean, people I mean, I'm definitely not playing nearly as much as I wish I was. I mean, I know there's going to be guys on here. This podcast, you know, guys, that friends of mine from school, that even graduated a year before, or even in there now. I mean, everyone's journey is different in terms of where they're at. But for me, it just it just seemed like things really hit pretty at the at the wrong time. Mm. So I'm not. I luckily I'm playing once a month, uh, you know, at, in Austin at this outdoor place because you know it's outdoors, mm. so it, it's you know everyone's taking their precautions and stuff. Um, so that's good, but you know, I'm teaching private lessons, nice. um, which that's really the thing that is most helpful probably right now. I mean, if I could play more, that'd be really great, but it's just, it's just really hard to find those gigs and unless, you know, cause you got to have people that first want to go out and do it. Mm, yeah. That's, it's just there's so many factors now besides just like, okay, I want to play because I need to make some money or, I mean, unfortunately, that's maybe as bad as that sounds, it's as if you want to do music, music as a living, you got to make money. Right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah definitely. So, you know, um, you know, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I'm trying to find as much work as I can when I can I, like, and you know, I talked about my, quiet cymbals and drum heads. Well, because I have, I'm in this neighborhood or all houses are super close together. I don't want to piss anybody off. <laughs> so I can't really play real drums and I can't record them. So I can't really record remotely, you yeah. know, sort of stuff like that. So as much as I wish I could experiment with the whole recording yourself in your own yeah, you know, I could just have fun, you know, in here and do that and make some, you know, Instagram videos or whatever. Yeah. I can't, for me, I don't have that luxury just because of the resources and stuff like that, you know, at my disposal at the moment. But, um, so it's, it's been a, it's been a tough, it's been a tough couple, it's been a tough few months for sure.
0: Do you notice an uh, a, a, a increase in gigs like coming up, you know, now that things have kind of eased off a little bit?
1: Yeah, I'm, I think, I'm really hoping things are picking up, uh, soon. You know, I think, uh, I know I'm, um, well, as of right now, I know I'm supposed to be playing with the Jake Ward band, which would be one of our shows, only shows we've had almost all year. You know, we kind of, you know, that'll be, that should be in October. Hopefully things still happen. But, you know, he, you know, Jake, he just had a baby, which is awesome. So he's, uh, we'll see, you know, and honestly, I mean, I don't blame him if something goes wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. take precautions, keep your family safe. You know, yeah. that's, that makes sense. Um, so, but if it goes great, if it happens, that'd be awesome. I mean, I miss the guys. I miss playing. It's just a great time being able to do that. Um, so we'll see, you know, yeah. but I, I do think things will look up. I mean, I feel hopeful, you know, but you know, we'll see.
0: Yeah. So what have you you been doing with your uh, pandemic time? We have to ask that, too, because people do different things, you know what I mean? (laughs) For
1: sure. Um, Well, I've definitely, I've I've definitely, I think, taken, I've tried to kind of just listen to music in a different way, you know, just trying to hear things I haven't heard before. Nice. You know, like different approaches to how people are, are like, I don't know, just trying to hear things. that I just maybe didn't pick up if i on certain songs or whatever, just to try to implement certain things. Um, but, you know, um, I mean, I'm sure everybody's watched a lot of Netflix, right? Yes. <laughs> well, what
0: you've what you been watching on Netflix. What are, your, what are your favorite, favorite things on Netflix right now?
1: You know, I guess I should say, I, I'm actually not on Netflix right now, okay. but I'm on Amazon Prime Video. Nice, nice, you know, and you know me and my girlfriend. We've been watching, you know, an old show, but called Psych. Ever heard of that? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, <laughs> I can't remember what his name is, uh, but yeah, he was. He's not really psychic. He's just super right. observant. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Right. So you know,
1: it's a, it's an older show, but hey, it's fun. You know, we're mm-hmm. just doing that, and nice. it's so enjoyable. So that nice. a lot, of, and you know, and that's the thing too. It's, I mean, music's my life; it always will be. But it's there is there is still something nice with the downtime, you know. Yes. Of course, you know, some people are still hustling and still grinding, and that's great. You know, things, are, but it's just you know, there's always good things to have whenever you're just you have a moment to really just sit or, sit and enjoy the moments around you, I think a little more,
0: I definitely, guess. Definitely. So, yeah. A so. few people that I've talked to, especially my dad, he was like, this will never happen again. Right. He's like, take it, take it. Oh well, yeah. Well yeah. Hopefully. Right. <laughs> but he was like, take advantage, take advantage of this time, do all the things that you thought you never had time for. And yeah. you know what I mean? So that's, that's kind of what helped birth this podcast, but yeah. Yeah, man. So what would you, if you had to some, give some tips to aspiring young musicians, what would that look, M- maybe more specifically drummers, since you guys are a very specific breed and, and you need very specific things, what would you tell some young drummers?
1: Yeah, you know, man, pl- you know, I guess play what you like to play first, obviously. You know, there's something that inspired you to play. So really dive into that, you know, learn as much as you can and when you, you know, but don't s- stick to that one thing, you know, it's just, you know, whenever, even when I was like just starting to play Metallica, when I first started playing, you know, I didn't really just play that, you know, I went to Megadeth, same yeah, thing, yeah. right? But it's just like <laughs> it's a different band, different drummers, different things. Then maybe, you know, I don't know, Pantera or something, right? Yeah. Something different and you just, of course I'm sure, you know, it's probably pretty self-explanatory, but, you know, you just, you don't want to just like, okay, I'm just going to play this song or this one band's music or, and once you get, once you, you know, feel comfortable branching out from like, you know, say metal or whatever, since we're on that subject, I guess. Yeah. Um, just, you know, think about, think about other music that maybe like your family or friends like, and listen to that and start listening and don't be afraid to, really dig into that, um, because there's just different skills in each thing. You know, you're not going to get the same feel. A metal drummer can't get the same feel as, you know, someone that just listens listen to James Brown all day <laughs> you know what I'm I mean, or vice versa. It's just, you won't have that nest. You'll probably won't have that same pocket as a funk drummer would have Yeah. compared to, you know, the intensity maybe as a metal drummer would have. It's just good to have all the, all these tools in your bag. So yeah, I think really just not being afraid to explore different things and avenues. It's just uh I think that's important.
0: Yeah. Do you have any advice for people that are like maybe in high school or in college and they're like I want to do what he does. I want to I want to be like Connor. I want to be a professional. What would you if if you could go back maybe and tell yourself this maybe 10 years ago, what would you tell yourself? as a professional now looking back on a college student, maybe.
1: Yeah. Um, I think kind of what I said maybe a little earlier, it's just, you know, they, everyone always says something like school, like when you're in school, like, Oh, it'll be over before you know it. Yeah, it will be, you know, it's just (laughs) everything. It will be over before you know it. And like, once it's over, it's over. It's just, it was so, it's just so crazy. Once I graduated, how over it was, you know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) it's just really like, it's like thinking about it, it's like, oh God, I got all this schoolwork. Oh gosh, I got that in a month. Oh gosh, I got this in two months. Oh, my senior recitals in three months. It's like, yeah, it is, but enjoy the time you have in these moments and really take advantage of every second you can when you're in those, you know, in those times. Because once it's done, it's done. It's just another thing checked off the list, you know, in a way, so it's just how it goes. So I think if I was if I go back in time, I would just say maybe spend a little more time on things. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. If you feel like oh gosh, I, I'm done for today. Maybe you're not done. Go a little <laughs> more. You know? did, did you really? Did you really do too much today? I don't know. That makes it. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think I would, I would encourage just if you really love something, you know, put put some more effort. Maybe if that okay. I don't know you
0: know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I was reading a Navy SEAL book and uh, he was talking about he was like when you think you've given it all, you're at 40%. Yeah, He's like <laughs> and it was just like, "Whoa, these the mentality of a SEAL. When you think you've given it all, when you're done, you're at 40%. You still got 60 more. So at least right. give another 20." <laughs> so I think right. that's that's definitely great great advice. So what's on the horizon for you?
1: Um well, let's see. Huh. I think I'm gonna be go to the studio, hopefully within the next couple months. Um, I play with my uncle's band, nice. uh, the Bruce Smith band, and that's that's who I'm playing with every month at Guero's Tacos. So yeah, if you're ever if you're in the Austin area, yeah, come out the first Friday every month, uh, six to nine pm. You know, I think this it's a residency, so I'll probably always be there. Nice. Until maybe I go somewhere else, but um, you know, I'm, so yeah, I think I think I'll be recording with him, hopefully within the, in the next few months. You know, nice. so we record a couple of things. You know, I think during the pandemic, well, it's still happening, but you know, <laughs> just earlier when it was a lot more kind of insane. Uh, you know, we did record a thing, but I don't. I'm not sure if we're going to release it or something, but I don't know. We'll see. Nice. Um, and I think that's kind of the only thing going on, you know, just um, that's, yeah, I'm looking forward to recording stuff like that. Oh, I mean, Kinsman, you know, <laughs> in, right? Plug in
0: there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on now.
1: That's yeah. exciting stuff. You know, we did that a few months back and that was a whole lot of fun. Yeah. You know, that's just, I'm really excited for whenever that stuff happens. I think that's, we can talk about that, right?
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. (laughs) I love to take Garrett's quote where he says, sucky bands, don't do a second album. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yes, we finished the second album. (laughs)
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I really had a blast doing that stuff and just working up the songs. It's just like, man, I really think there's some cool stuff happening and there definitely is. So I can't wait for that to be finished. You know, at least all the production stuff,
0: I guess. Yeah. So I, I forgot to ask you about this, but you're in the Austin area. What have you seen lately that you're like, oh, that's cool, that maybe you have you hadn't seen before? Hmm. What have I
1: seen that's cool? Like <laughs>
0: seasons maybe? <laughs> <Yeah>. Something <laughs> right. other than humidity. <laughs> yeah. Man. Hmm. You know,
1: it's just, it's, I guess, you know, what, I feel like my time in Denton was so similar to the time in Austin. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, so it's like, it's almost like the same thing for me. I, w- I can't, I don't know if I can say maybe something cool, but I, I, it's just like a, it's just a, such a hub, nice. you know, like all these different people, you know, and it's just so cool to be able to interact with people from different backgrounds. I mean, it's, that's everywhere really, but, you know, maybe somewhere like Corpus might be a little more, you know, what do you call it?
0: box. To, yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. What I'm yeah. Totally. Totally. So it's
1: totally. Just like being at like places like Denton and stuff. You get, I mean, people from all over the world. I mean, some of like my best friends that I made at U, in UT are not even from America, you know? So it's just like stuff like that, you know, it's just so cool, you know, like yeah. it's just crazy, you know, being stuff like that. I mean, I think it's like that in Austin too. I'm sure. I'm sure it is. Yeah. But, um, that's the thing too. Like, you know, we're talking about the pandemic stuff, for a while and it's just been I mean, a while back but you know moving to moving to the Austin area I just didn't really get to experience it a whole lot yet because yeah. of the pandemic hit because I just graduated UNT you know not too long ago it was a well almost a year now but you know sometimes the start of the pandemic still feels like now you know sometimes yes. it's still, still the same thing you yeah. know in a way for most of us maybe um and uh So, yeah, I I just moved up here, and then I was starting to kind of get things going, and then boom, you know, shut down. It's just like, man, so I couldn't – I didn't get to experience a whole lot because I just moved out. So it was super horrible timing for me. I I can't – you couldn't even make it any worse, honestly. (laughs) So
0: well, you're, you're healthy, so that's definitely a good time. Your your yeah. family's healthy, everybody's healthy, so that's that's awesome, man. Glad to hear all that. Is there anything that, that we haven't discussed that maybe you would like to discuss before we closed on out?
1: Oh, man. You know, I was thinking about this earlier. Uh, and I'm curious know your opinion on it, but just maybe performing music. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about it, And, and this kind of maybe might be because of my jazz recent, my recent jazz background. Um, Just like, because I try to, I try to think like a jazz drummer, even in rock and roll or country things. Of course, I'm not going to do ridiculous things that don't fit the the song. right? But, you know, if I can, if the people I'm playing with are cool with it or, you know, I'll try to, do something that's maybe just a little more expressive right yeah and so i was just thinking about playing like doing that stuff live you know and why i look forward to performing live it's just like it just for me it's kind of just like i mean I, I i enjoy things like watching movies or stuff like that like going to the theater which is a thing you can't really do anymore so that kind of sucks but um <laughs> You know, playing music is like sitting down in the movie theater for me and just, you know, when that crazy scene happens, it's like when I hit this certain crash with this certain thing, it's like that's that scene happening right there. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's like it's like playing music is like just a story unfolding, yeah. you know, and it's just like that's just such a, a thing that I just really love about music and playing it. I don't know if that's something maybe – I'm curious what maybe you think about performing or what's – you know what I'm saying? Like the, yeah, the
0: yeah. Definitely. Um, I think that uh, it, it, the first thing that comes to mind is Miles Davis, where he was like, learn your music, learn your instrument, and then forget the first two and just go play. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So oh, yeah. I definitely feel like um, that's the feeling I get when I play with people that I'm comfortable with. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That it's like, oh, we know the music. This is our, we wrote this music. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I know the music. So, Yeah, it can just be like this other dimension Maybe not, you know Tripping on shrooms, other dimension But other dimension where it's just like You're free and the expression That's inside you is free To move You know, through this funnel Without like um, What they call that? Like a grate or something that's hindering it You know what I mean? So, yeah, I look at things kind of like that Um, Especially when you're doing your own thing It's kind of like yeah, this is just coming out freely. You know what I mean? And the more comfortable you are with the people around, the more comfortable you are with the music, then that's yeah. just that great dissolving and getting getting out of the way. And mm-hmm. it's just like boom. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely yeah. definitely love that part of music. I think that's my favorite part of music. And of course, knowing that you are um you're what people came to hear. I think there's no feeling like that in the world. You know what I mean? Uh If you know that the people in the audience are there because they want to see you, it's like, it's encouragement. And it's Mm -hmm. also like, let's
1: go. Definitely. Definitely. You know? Yeah. I agree with all that. That's like, you know, once you kind of get yourself out of the way, you know, you can just really let your musicianship come out. And that's really, it's a, that's definitely a big thing that, that's just not teachable. I don't think, you know, it's just uh it just happens. You know, you feel like wow, the music's just really happening. We're all locked in. We're all feeling this. We're all having a good time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Where was that a show happened. that you saw that happen? Was there a show that maybe not not a band that you're in but that you saw and you're like, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and it's
1: just it just You know, I mean, it happens a lot, you know. I it's like a, it's I think you know, you talked about getting in the zone. I think earlier, and I'm trying to think, man, there's a book about this, you know, I personally haven't read it, so man, but I know it's about this. And like, I, I, when I was at UNT, I, I wish I could remember the guy's name, but it's really about, I think he, he came and gave like a lecture on it. So I'm I'm sure I'm sure it was more or less what the book's about. So yeah. like I kind of <laughs> have gist of it. Um, but it's about just kind of getting into that zone. And, and I know exactly what he's talking about. I know anybody that's experienced this, I'm sure you, I know you know it. It's just like, it's just like a moment where you're just like outside of your own body, you know, and you're just like, the music's just happening and you're just hearing all the things happening and everything, everyone's just connecting.
0: Yeah.
1: that happens, I mean, it happens a lot for me, you know, luckily, Um, but there have been times too where it doesn't happen for a long time, you know, where it's like, and when that happens, I feel like it's heavy, like not in a good way. (laughs) Your body is just like heavy, like it's like this weight is on you, like because you're thinking too much, maybe, or you're just you're just not letting what needs to happen happen. You're thinking about you're just thinking too hard. Yeah, and that's a, I don't know. I think that's how you really get. Past, I think that's how you get into that zone. That mindset is uh, once you just stop thinking too much, and you just let it. You know what you're doing. You're good enough. You worked yeah. hard at this. <laughs> now execute it. You know. I don't, so, but yeah, I wouldn't say necessarily I've seen it because I think that's just some. I think maybe maybe I just felt it, you know. Yeah. If I, maybe I haven't, maybe I've been to a show, you know. I think the last concert I went to was uh, Jack White, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. I mean, crazy. good. The rock and tours Yes. Yeah, yeah, and and it was just so good. You know, and I think it's one of those things where, like, I didn't necessarily see them in the zone, but they were, and I was with there with them because I was just, like, they're taking me on their musical journey, and I was just enjoying myself the whole time. Because it's just They were they was performing at a high level, and they were just really doing what they had to do. But, so, yeah, um, that's, like, I think that's for, for not necessarily seeing it, but being not the one playing I think it's necessarily feeling it, I guess. Nice. And then when I, when I am playing, you know, it's just, it's it's happened. I know it happens, it just happens a lot, you know. Yeah. It's just one of those things. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah. That's uh, nice. But, yeah.
0: Nice. Well, so, uh, like, just I want to just stay there for a second. What mm. are some things, like, that help you get there as far as, like, if a, if a musician came up to you and he was like, I want that. What do you have to have to, to have that? Cause I know for maybe like a bass player, he's like, in order for me to have that connection, I need to hear the kick drum. I need to yeah, feel yeah. the kick. So what is it for a drummer that, that makes you or helps you get to that? Like if you don't have it, it's not going to happen, but if you do have it, Oh, you're one step closer.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Hmm. I think, for one, I think what you said, when you're playing people you're comfortable with, that's a big thing. I think it's hard to get into that space if it's maybe like your first gig with somebody. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, defi- that's definitely a hard thing to do, but it's, hey, it's possible, you know, I played, uh, there was a local band, I don't know if they're still playing in Corpus, uh, they were called Bandora, okay. you know, it was uh, Elizabeth Lamas and, uh, Jose Garza, um, gosh, I hope that's his last name. <laughs> uh, and uh, oh, and uh, Damian Diaz. Okay. Um, and um, you know, we just—they're all my friends, though. I guess that's kind of maybe that's why it was such a good first gig. And, you know, there was some rehearsals too, but you know, I, I did reach that zone there. But I—I I guess, yeah, how to reach that and what 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 I'm listening for. Or um, yeah, I, I think it's the things that do block it. I think are for sure. May, I think really, it's just you gotta be comfortable. Okay. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Comfortability. You gotta feel confident. You know, you know that you know what you're doing. Um, you believe in yourself. You know, so, I mean, yeah, confidence. Is a fault, I mean, that falls with that because it's just believe me in what you're doing. You know, if you don't think, oh gosh, I'm not a I'm not a good jazz drummer, you know, I don't know, if you're doing your first jazz, I'm not saying that, I'm, like, I'm saying if you're on your first gig, maybe with a jazz band, you're like, oh gosh, I'm not a jazz drummer, <laughs> you, have that, you have that mindset, yeah.
0: you're
1: just gonna, you're not gonna ever get there, you know, you gotta be thrown into the fire, that's where you learn the most, really, oh, yeah, it's like yeah. just there, um, so, yeah, Um. I don't know if that answered the question,
0: yeah, definitely, but, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's all good stuff to think about. So let me ask you this. Somebody wants to take lessons with Mr. Connor Church. Where, where can hey. they find you?
1: Man, well. What's the best way? Me. Yeah, probably. Um, here's my cell phone number.
0: No, <laughs> <scared>. We'll flash <laughs> it on the bottom of the screen. <laughs> right. uh, we won't.
1: Um, well, my Instagram isn't anything extravagant, um, but it's at church. C H U R C H C three. You can message me there. Nice. Find me mean, on Facebook, maybe. Um, uh, I mean, those are probably the best places okay. to get. Okay. Um, I had a website. I don't think it's up <laughs> right now. Um, but, Pandemic. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: I so, got um, the Rona.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, meet, try to message me on there. I'd be, you know, I'd love to teach you anything you need. Uh, I mean, all kinds of things, you know, from percussion, you know, if you're in high school, middle school, I can get, you know, I've had a success with getting kids to state, stuff like that. Nice. So, I mean, I feel confident with my teaching and my background to at least get people in high school and like in percussion to get where they want to get to, and if you're a drummer, you know, of all ages whatever level you're at, you know, I can hopefully help you yeah. refine what's going on. So I feel, yeah, I, I love teaching, you know, it's fun. Uh, it's fun to teach private lessons and seeing people that are in, that love it or that, you know, that are have a good interest developing, you know, it's a fun thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well yeah. guys, check out Con Church online. Uh, Mandy, we hope that this ends really fast, not just for you, but for everybody that's professional yeah. right now. And uh, man, thanks so much for being on the podcast, dude. It means a lot, really and truly. Exactly. And we'll have you back once this is all over so that we can maybe do it live. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Heck yeah.
0: <laughs> well, until then, thanks for watching the pod, guys. Mr. Condor Church, check him out online, and we'll see you next week on the Bandemic Podcast.